in this week's in-ear insights let's talk about artificial intelligence particularly generative artificial intelligence and whether or not it will take your job and in the headlines and you look at how it's being deployed the answer increasingly seems to be ai will take your job or at least a, a good chunk of it particularly if you are more junior in an organization uh, although the technology is applicable to every level of the organization so katie how is it looking for the ceo of trust insights is ai going to take your job am i going to be reporting to a uh, katie gpt anytime soon you know, it's interesting. I think in some ways you will be. Um, I think there's certain aspects of the job that I do that uh, artificial intelligence will take over. So we were having a conversation with uh, a colleague of ours last week, and he was asking if generative AI could create a crisis comms plan. And so typically those kinds of plans are created by more senior team members. Um and the answer is, yeah, with enough information, then the artificial intelligence can create a plan, which means it could also create a marketing strategy, a business plan, all of those things that are typically reserved for, you know, the big brains of the company. I'm putting this in big, big, big air quotes, because um, it's really, it's not big brain stuff. But the things that we typically think that only executives can do artificial intelligence will be able to do. So then what comes up is, well, what's left for the humans? And it's, it really depends. And so if we take that example of a marketing strategy, the things that we would need to feed artificial intelligence are, here's the data, here's the goals that I want to hit, here's my KPIs, and here's about, you know, my industry, my business, you give all of that to generative AI, and it's going to give you a marketing strategy. And so I can just go, you know, sit in my cabin and let AI take over. But what's missing is that nuance. What's missing is that true insight into really understanding what my business, my team, my clients are capable of and expect, um, making sure that I'm the one who's, you know, keeping up on what's changing. Because uh, human behavior changes, you know, with the snap of your fingers. And you have to give that information to the machine in order for that to be, you know, updated. So I think, yes, there's going to be aspects where, Chris, you will be, you know, getting your information from artificial intelligence, but then, you know, you can't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> you can try. It's interesting because over the weekend I was uh, helping out a friend um, who lives and works in Thailand and, uh, needed a independent contractor um, contract written up. Now, I know U.S. law pretty well. I don't know a thing about Thailand law, about Thai law and stuff, but the uh, GPT model came up with uh, the things that are and are not you know, enforced in, in that uh, country's law and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, well, here, here's a good first draft. And then you obviously it would get handed off to a real lawyer. And I think that's, I, I think that's where the human beings... The human beings still play three important roles, right? One is relationships. Um, there is a lot to be said for talking to another human being. Certainly, everyone found out during the pandemic how important that is. Um, two, there is, as you said, the uniqueness, right? The the ability for people to create something as as net 
new that has not been seen before. Now, granted, a lot of our work is not, right? If, it, if you've done it more than three times, a machine can do it, right? If it's a template, if it's a contract, this, that, or the other thing, that's, yeah, that's repetitive work. And that, a machine can do that. But coming up with the exact wording that you want to use in a, in a chapter of a book, <clears throat> yeah, you're, mm-hmm. the machines are not going to be able to pull that off. <clears throat> and the third thing that I think we, we tend to forget about is accountability. The mm-hmm. human being is accountable, right? You can be taken to court, you can be fired, you can be demoted, you can be promoted, you can be given a bonus. That is not true of the machines. The, the machines are owned by, you know, presumably a corporate entity of some kind. But at the end of the day, um, even with stuff like copyright, the U.S. Copyright Office has said works created by machine are ineligible for copyright because copyright only goes with the human being. So if your job, I would say, if your job contains one or more of those things, three major aspects, it's going to be hard for a machine to do that. Here's the downside. The vast majority of jobs do not have strengths in, in more than one of those areas, if they have the strengths at all. I think back to our time at the, the PR agency, you know, watching an account coordinator, just copying and pasting eight hours a day from one spreadsheet to another. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's not a, there's no uniqueness. There's no accountability needed, right? And there's no relationship. Right. Well, and so, you know, it's interesting because this question, will AI take my job, uh, has been around, you know, as long as the technology has existed. You know, we've been asked this question hundreds of times. We've spoken about it. And it really comes down to AI won't necessarily take your job. AI will take aspects of your job. And in some ways, you should be grateful for that because it's generally going to be the repetitive, mundane things. And what it should be doing is unlocking that time for you to do the deeper insights, to do the relationship building, to really think through the future planning and what's next. And if you're not looking at it that way, then you're definitely probably anxious that, you know, AI is going to take your job, um, but you don't have sort of that backup plan. So to your question about, you know, should a CEO be worried? I'm thrilled. I think there's aspects of my job that it is repetitive. It is, you know, it could be more automated, but it would give me time to have a better viewpoint of everything that we're doing and think differently about how we're productizing, how we're positioning the services that we offer. So for example, you know, Chris, you've been doing a lot of work with prompt engineering everybody is coming out with, you know, a PDF or an ebook or the top 50 most effective prompts and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, what does that mean for us? We also do that work. So how do we position ourselves? How do we differentiate? How do we add different value with prompt engineering? And that's the kind of thing that I don't see generative AI being able to handle really well but it is still very much needed because what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of generic and similar information going out there because it's machine generated. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the content that even people are putting out is put out without necessarily having a lot of knowledge about how the systems work. Uh, if you'd like to get ours, you can get, uh, it's free. It's a one page PDF, zero cost, no strings attached, no form to fill out. Just go to trustinsights.ai slash prompt sheet and you will get uh, our guide, at least for the, the chat GPT API. Um, the thing that I see as, as a major concern is, is actually a management and leadership problem. 
if you have, you know, we've, we've worked with, uh, worked with and in agencies and, and very hierarchical organizations and the people at the bottom of the pyramid, very much like 80 to 90% of the Java machine can do because it's like the accountant coordinator. You're copying and pasting today, right? Or you're, you, mm-hmm. you, when you have to write a press release for a client, what do you do? You take the, the last press release you did, you copy paste it into a new document and you change the names. And then you, you, you maybe change the CEO quote. Uh, but if functionally, it's something the machine can do. So the pyramid almost becomes inverted in terms of the number of employees that you need in those layers, right? If you have 100 people writing you know, rough drafts of content today, you probably need like five of them, right? Um, if you have, then you have uh, 50 people editing the content. You probably need you know, 10 of them. And what this sets up is two things. One, it creates a very large employment problem um, for those junior levels. And B, it creates a leadership problem because your future leaders come from those ranks, right? If there's five mm-hmm. people left out of 100, your pool of eligible candidates has shrunk, by you know ninety five percent, which means that in five years time or ten years time, who you can choose from for directors, VPs, you know, uh, corner office folks, that pool is real small, and you may not necessarily, they may not be the right people because we've certainly seen plenty of cases where you know someone's technically very competent but a poor leader, <laughs> but a poor manager. So it's interesting. So if I were in that position again knowing that AI will take my job, um, I would start thinking about what are the things about my job that interest me. And, you know, I like the people management, but I also really enjoy, you know, pulling things apart and understanding it, you know, completely. And so I would say, all right, so I'm in this, you know, junior level position. I don't have a lot of authority, but I need to make sure I protect myself down the line. So what can I do about that? Well, if I'm not a strong people manager, then maybe my skill set is better suited at, you know, learning how to run the machines, learning how to operate them, uh, building the processes in which, you know, companies will use the machine and humans. So what does that look like together? Because you need both. And so there's definitely ways to think about, you know, AI taking your job, but how can I then start to future proof my job, leaning into the skills that you have that you're, you know, really interested in, you know, maybe research is your jam, but AI is going to do some of that, you can supplement the research that AI does by fact checking by, you know, making sure that the data coming out isn't biased, or those kinds of things, like there's ways to think about it, because those are jobs that humans will still need to be doing. Um, If, you know, pupil management is your thing, well, great. There's going to be plenty of need for that as you're going to have this whole new class of prompt engineers and people who are running AI for companies coming in. Someone still needs to wrangle all of that and make sure that things are prioritized, make sure communication is happening. You know, all of the things that a manager typically does. So there's ways to think about it. But I would first start with what interests you about your job. And is there a way that that works into all of this new technology? The other thing that's going to be really challenging and, and is an, uh, an urgent problem for an entire class of businesses to solve is the way AI works. Um, here's the list of businesses, law firms, accountancies, PR firms, marketing firms, 
ad firms. What do these all have in common? They all bill by the hour, right? We bill an account coordinator's time at $100 an hour. And so the, the client's retainer is $20,000 a month and they get X number of hours. If your account coordinator now takes five minutes to do a press release instead of the six hours that it takes them to, to struggle it, yes, you're going to get see massive efficiencies. You can then no longer ethically bill that client for those six hours, right? If it took five minutes, it took five mm -hmm. minutes. And so if your law firm is used to billing in six-minute increments to do an employment contract and GPT-4 spits out basically a 95% a, a done uh, contract, the $3,000 you would have charged for you know, five hours of work is now five minutes of work and you can only bill you know, $30 or, or $80 for that thing. And I don't think the the management of these hourly based firms have figured out this is a business problem they need to solve. One of the smartest things you ever had us do um, as a company is the day Trust Insights was founded. Says we are not billing by the hour for anything. We are billing because mm -hmm. you are paying for the thirty to fifty to seventy years of collective knowledge that we have, and that's what you're paying for. And I don't think a lot of companies are in a place to make that pivot. Well, and it's. It is going to be uh, a really steep learning curve on how to do that. And so, you know, let's go back to that example of, you know, putting together, you know, employment contracts or whatever the example was. Yes, you are creating it in a fraction of the time. However, if you have a good, you know, business sense, you can scale that and create you know, uh, you know, versions of it and, you know, get it out to like a much higher quantity versus right now, maybe you can only take on two clients, you can now take on 200 clients. And so figuring out what that looks like to make up for, you know, the lack of time that it now takes to put these things together. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine over the weekend, and she works um, as a paralegal for an attorney. And just the things that she's describing in terms of the preparation and the amount of time things take and just like you set dates just to set dates within the court, like artificial intelligence is going to handle a lot of that, but some industries just are not there yet. And so it's a good opportunity for someone who's thinking about, you know, future proofing their career. Wouldn't it be great if you were the one who started to bring those processes into you know, your agency, your law firm, whatever it is, knowing, you know, there's going to be negative side effects in terms of like billable hours, that kind of stuff. But then you become the expert for not only your firm, but then like, oh, hey, the firm down the street needs the same thing. The firm, you know, three doors down also needs the same thing. And you become that go to person to help introduce this into their processes. The the law firm example is a really important one, because it's also going to create a massive disparity, even just inside the courtroom. Think about if you are a large law firm and you've got you know, the resources to, as we talked about in last week's live stream, uh, the ability to build a custom fine-tuned model. Maybe you incorporate you know, all mm -hmm. of case law that's publicly available into this model and tune it. Imagine going to trial. On one bench is a lawyer and their client. On the other bench is a lawyer and a paralegal with a laptop with your custom large language model there. And every argument that is brought up, you are able to refute immediately with the entirety of case law at your disposal and the ability to construct those arguments very, very quickly because you are referencing stuff faster and better 
uh, in more complex ways than that other attorney ever could, right? So there is an opportunity for your firm to start beating the pants off of other firms because one thing that we've been saying for quite some time now is, you know, the, the professional with AI is going to overwhelm and take the job of the professional without AI. AI is not going to take your job. The professional with mm -hmm. AI is going to take your job if you are not that professional. It makes me think of other jobs that have just been so highly specialized. So think about, you know, a court stenographer. They have those, you know, special machines uh, that are like three or four keys and you start to learn the short code of, you know, how to basically transcribe live what people are saying. Well, I mean, we use transcription tools all the time. And so is that a job that people go to school specifically for and get highly trained on that's not going to exist in a few years? Probably. Um, you know, you have the medical transcriptionists who take all of the recordings that, you know, a doctor is sitting in the corner with this little microphone talking through his cases, and then someone manually transcribes all of those. Sure, someone's still going to need to edit those, but the bulk of the transcription can be done by a machine as long as that industry adopts it and knows that those are going to be jobs that are going to be changed. So I think in that sense, AI will take those jobs very easily, which is unfortunate because it's going to put a lot of people who only have that set of skills out of work. Yep. And to your point earlier, there is an opportunity for a small minority of folks within that field to become the ones that train and tune machines, right? If you are a, if you are mm -hmm. a medical transcriptionist, you can obviously, if you have the skills and the resources to do so, learn how to tune voice recognition models, right? So that they're unique to your mm -hmm. clients. So you have that one doctor who slurs everything because he shows up drunk every day at the office. <clears throat> you can train a custom model for that type of doctor uh, <laughs> and be, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to picture a world where it's acceptable for a medical professional to show up drunk every day. You know, literally life you know, and death. I, I have seen all sorts of crazy things. Like it, 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 just as a side, it always baffles me when I walk into a doctor's office and I see like nurses and doctors outside smoking. I'm like, but, but, but anyway. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But there okay. are. There are going to be, you know, maybe one to five percent of the people within that profession who will go on to tuning the machines, to training them, to be better at what they do. But yeah, ninety-five percent of them are like, well, I guess I need a different line of work now. Um, there are still careers where a human has to provide the majority of the work. Right? Um, it is simply not cost-effective to teach a machine to do it. For example, cleaning a hotel room, you would think is, is an easy, obvious, repeatable task, except that people are so random and do things like glue furniture to the ceilings and stuff that uh, every hotel room that you clean is effectively somewhat different. Um, sometimes there's su substantial damage. Sometimes there's you know, a, you know, a pile of pizzas or someone left a horse in the room. Um, whatever the case may be, that's a case where the human being is still best, most cost-efficient resource, right? You, you could build an, an Atlas robot like from Boston Dynamics and train it to clean a room, but it's going to do it slower. And it's mm -hmm. not going to deal with anomalies nearly as well as a person. You know, the, the person walks in and goes, oh, for heaven's sakes, there's another room with a horse in it. <laughs> we stay at very <laughs> But I think about <clears throat> even like a simple example of like a Roomba. You have to train it on what the layout of your house is in order for it to effectively clean. It's, you know, in a very simplistic way, it's essentially the same as training a large learning model to do what it is you need to do. Um, 
you know, but it also makes me think about, you know, when people are worried about, well, you know, AI will take my job. There's industries that are going to take forever to get on board. So, you know, the medical industry, there's aspects of the medical industry that are going to get right on board with AI. But think about how long, you know, electronic health record systems have been around, you know, at least decades. I mean, a decade, if not longer. And a lot of, you know, medical practices are still struggling to get them stood up. Um, you know, and that's just, you know, basic data entry connected to, you know, the clinic down the street. Um, you know, it's not doing anything fancy other than just like centralizing all of your health records. That's not sophisticated technology, at least not these days. And a lot of medical professions still don't have it integrated very well. And so when you think about a more advanced technology like artificial intelligence, I think at least for now, professionals in that industry, they sh this is a good time for them to be preparing because they have a few years, if not maybe a decade, before artificial intelligence will take their job because of how slow moving change happens in those particular industries. I think the legal field is another good example, especially if it's been if it's a law practice that's been around for a few generations. I don't see them jumping to suddenly introduce artificial intelligence and get rid of that those billable hours. Right. They won't, but they will be in danger of you know the the startups, the 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 new generation. Oh, sure. um, and it is it is as much as the internet was, as much as a smartphone was. Uh, the current and future generations of generative AI are a moment of substantial disruption. Right? The field has changed in every field, and it is incumbent upon you know, business owners and practitioners to recognize what those changes are, to anticipate those changes as much as possible, and to try and figure out how do we take advantage of these changes to, to build a more sustainable business and to take market share from competitors that are, are more slow to react just looking even at the search engine space in the news this morning samsung which is the i believe i think is the world's largest manufacturer of mobile phones um, is in serious material conversations with microsoft to make bing with its uh, the chat mo mode the default in samsung handsets for the search engine now because they see that it is mm -hmm. more advanced um, <clears throat> This wouldn't be happening if Google had not been so slow and behind the eight ball on a technology that realistically they should have been leading with. Google's, an, I feel like that's a whole other topic in terms of Google's ability to respond to what's been happening. And I feel like when we're talking about, you know, AI taking jobs, even the largest tech company in the world is going to struggle with that because of how you need to integrate it, how you need to build processes, how you need to test it. Like you can't just be like, Oh, we're an AI shop now. I mean, you can, it's not going to go well. And so I think in terms of jobs that AI can't do, it's that process building. It's that evaluation of what do we even need? AI can do some of that, but you as the human still need to give that information. So therefore you as the human still need to do that legwork and requirements gathering before you can even tell AI what it is that you need. And those are the things that AI can't replace. 
And it comes down also to appetite for risk. You know, how much risk are you mm -hmm. willing to take? Microsoft, as the sort of the second place in the market, said we are willing to shoulder disproportionate risk to take market share away from the market leader. And so far, it appears to be paying off. And that's another, you know, piece of the puzzle is AI. AI can assess risk and give you sort of like scenario A, scenario B. But it can't make the decision because only you will be able to know, like, how much risk can I take and still sleep at night? That's a human decision. That's not a machine decision. Um, you know, when we, we've pivoted our company back and forth a couple of times to be AI forward, not AI forward, AI forward, not AI forward, depending on what the market needed. Those are not decisions that AI can necessarily make. That's more of a human task of just listening of what's happening, learning, you know, building those relationships to say, like, what do you need from us? And right now, our clients in the industry need us to be AI experts. And that's fine, we can do that. We have that skill set. But you know, six months from now, they may not. And generative artificial intelligence will not be able to pivot the company the way that humans can. Exactly. So I think to to sum up, uh, AI will take a good chunk of your job, no matter what job it is. If if you, as long as you have things that you are doing which are repetitive, and for now, language or image based, right, or or mm -hmm. can be represented in that fashion. The three things where AI is really not uh, capable of taking um, are, are accountability. Right, which is the you, you saw a human being has to be accountable for the majority of decisions. Innovation, because AI can't create anything that's uniquely new by its very nature. Okay. And those relationships, those human to human relationships that for most industries, most of the time people will want. The exception is if your industry is so appallingly bad that people would rather deal with a machine <clears throat> looking at you cable companies um, and the department of motor vehicles. That said, um, other than that, if your job does not contain a significant portion of one of those three things, a, a good chunk of it is probably at risk. And so, Katie, what would you say is the, re the recipe for the individual practitioner? What should they be doing right now if they think that their career is at risk? They should be getting a basic understanding of how artificial intelligence is going to change their particular career because it's not going to look the same for everyone and they should be looking at sort of doing an evaluation of like okay machines can do this but machines can't do this so let me go ahead and get skilled up on the things related to my particular career path that machines can't do and you know chris in your instance if that is people management uh, you're going to be up a creek because it's not something you've ever really been interested in. And so, you know, in the example of you, your choices are to either learn how to run the machine or learn how to manage the people. So you better start learning how to run the machine. Thank goodness. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but yeah, <laughs> but for me, it's great. Okay. I can learn how to run the machine, but I'm better suited at running the people. So let me make sure that I can do that to the best of my ability. And I would say I'll, I'll we'll part with uh, recent words from uh, marketing uh, thought leader Seth Godin, who said, "If what you're creating is not better than what ChatGPT can create, 
you need to get skilled up really fast. Um, and the bar mm -hmm. is going to go up year after year after year. Um, so you have a very mm -hmm. limited amount of time to get skilled up. If you have some ideas about how you think AI is going to take jobs or not take jobs, and you want to share them, pop over to our free Slack group. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 3,000 other human marketers are asking and answering each other's questions every single day. And wherever it is you watch or listen to the show, if there's a platform you would rather have it on instead, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. You can find us on most podcast platforms. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a review on the platform of your choice. It does help to share the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.